chapter in verse 19 to 34, we'll see the walk of the world it talks about in there. At verse number 19, it talks about the treasures upon earth. And he tells us we need to lay up treasures uh, in heaven where moth and rough doth not corrupt and thieves break through and steal. And then you'll notice the Bible says in verse number 23 in Matthew the 6th chapter, The eye be evil and thy whole body shall be full of darkness. So as we look at that, in that text, he tells them to take no thought uh, for what they're going to eat. Take no thought for tomorrow. And a lot of times we worry about things. But in this text, it talks about the walk of the world. And uh, I thought a good illustration of that is in Genesis, the third chapter, in verse 6, talking about Eve. And the Bible said, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof. We think, listen to me, we think if uh, we're single, if we can find the right husband, the right guy, we'll be happy. And I'm telling you, guys get married or find a, um, they'll find a guy and they're not happy. If we can find the right wife or woman, we'll be happy. If we can find the right job, we'll be happy. If we can uh, find the right car to drive, we'll be happy. If we can find the right home, we'll be happy. There's even people who think they can find the right boat, they'll be happy. And uh, uh, sometimes if you're a golfer like me, if you can find the right clubs, you'll be happy. And then sometimes people think, if I can find the right retirement, I'll be happy. And they're miserable as can be, and they go back to work. But uh, we need to depart from the wrong w w walk. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in Romans, the 12th chapter, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And he says in verse number 2, Be not conformed uh, to this world, but be a transformed by the renewing of your mind. So when we talk about the recipe for happiness, we need to depart from the wrong walk. And that's walking in the counsel of the ungodly. The next thing that I want you to see is the wrong stand. He says in verse number 1, nor standeth in the way of sinners. When I think about that, I think about in Genesis, the 13th chapter, in verse number 12. Matter of fact, between Abraham and Lot, uh, their people began to have a confusion and begin to fight. And Abraham told him, he said, you look out on the land and you, you pick the land. And the Bible said that Lot picked the land and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom. The next thing, Lot was living in Sodom. All he needed, uh, the Bible says when uh, they prayed, all he needed was ten righteous people and God would not destroyed uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. So uh, I, I tell you, as we begin to look at this, we need to depart from the wrong walk and we need to depart from the wrong stand. And uh, I think that we ought to be friends with the world and be around the world, but I'm telling you, we can't take part in the things that to do. The next thing that I want you to see is the wrong seat. The Bible says in verse number one, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. That word scornful means boastful. Uh, we become judgmental uh, because we are a better driver in traffic than everybody else. Did you ever sit in traffic and see the first person in traffic was on their cell phone and it just irritated you and said, 
quit watching your cell phone and drive. And two weeks later, somebody texts you and you're at a red light and you look down and the next thing you know, it turns green and people's behind you waiting and say, oh Lord. So we have to be very careful about sitting in the seat of the scornful and if we're not careful of that. Uh, we uh, sometimes think that we're a better worker. We think we're better at finances than other people. We're a better parent or a better Christian. But I'm telling you, we need to be careful. Uh, if we're not careful, we're sitting in the wrong seat, and we're sitting in the seat of the scornful. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, verse 9, Paul said, For I am the least of the apostles. I don't know how you feel about yourself. That'll be the attitude that we have. I am not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. And he says in verse 10, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace was, which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I uh, labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me. What do you need to depart from? And I'm telling you, when you think about lives and thinking about hap being happy, or the recipe for happiness, if we're not careful, we'll follow the counsel of this world. We'll sit in the seat of the scornful. And the next thing you know, I remember, I'll tell this, uh, it's not recorded, I hope. I'll tell this, I remember about uh, six years ago, and uh, my brother-in-law was leading the singing in his church in Lima, Ohio. And he served the Lord, we would talk on the phone at least once a month. Sherry talked to him and his wife every night, every single night. He was a truck driver while he was driving. And uh, he came in for a Colts game. And uh, I, uh, I couldn't go. They always tailgated. I didn't tailgate. Of course, I was pastoring a church. I finished preaching, and then our church was about 10 minutes um, from the stadium. I'd go down, and I'd get in. He'd tailgate them with that day, and I could tell. He was almost drunk. said, did you say anything about it? You better believe I did. I told him I was very disappointed in him. And he said, why? And I said, because you were drinking. He said, I just had a couple beers. I said, you had more than a couple beers. And I'm going to tell you something. If we're not, count, we're not careful, we'll, we'll stand in the way of sinners. We'll go the same direction. We have to be careful. The next thing that uh, I want you to see in the scripture is our delight in. In verse number two, he says uh, that we, he doth delight in the law of the Lord. And there's two, this word delight means the root idea is to incline towards something. And I'm telling you, we all incline to some things, but there's two things I want you to see. First is the scripture's content. The Bible says in verse two, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. So I began to think about that. I thought about the day of Pentecost, and there were 3,000 souls saved. And the Bible says in verse number 37, now when they heard this, they were pricked to their hearts. And uh, they had heard the word of God. They were inclined. They began to delight in the word of God. The Bible says in the book of Acts, in the second chapter, in verse number 41, then they that gladly received his word we're baptized. When we accept Christ, then we follow him in baptism. Then the Bible says in Acts 2.42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. So when we begin to look at this, there's a departure from, but 
our delight in is it's, it's in the Scripture's content. But not only do I thought, thought about the day of Pentecost, when 3,000 souls, those people, begin to delight in the Word of the Lord, I thought about the Sadducees that say there's no resurrection. The Bible says in Matthew, the 22nd chapter, in verse number 22, you do err, not knowing the Scriptures nor the power of God. They came to Jesus and they said, this man was married to this woman and he died. So the law says that uh, he's the next brother supposed to, and they were seven brothers and all seven of them died. So all in heaven said, the Sadducees said to Jesus, so which husband is going to be married? And he said, you do err, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. I'm telling you, if we're not careful, we cannot have happiness in our lives because we do not know the scriptures and it causes us to err. Then I thought about Joshua and Joshua, the first chapter, verse number seven. The Bible says that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left. And he said, this book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth. The Bible says in Psalms 119.11, thy word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against thee. When I was a young Christian, I never grew up in church. And when I was a young Christian, my father-in-law could quote scripture. And I thought, boy, I want to do that. And uh, I went to the Bible bookstore and I bought this little box of scriptures. I'd stick them in my lunch box. And when I'd pull up to the tailpiece to dump my coal, I'd get that thing out and I'd begin trying to memorize scripture. Did it every day in the mines. Those cards would get dirty. I was trying to learn the scripture. And I'm telling you, the way that you hide God's word in his heart, in your heart is that you might memorize the scripture. So delight, the root idea is to incline, uh, incline towards something. And uh, we see that when people get saved. You know, a lot of times people say, preachers will get up and preach and say, you need to read your Bible. Let me tell you something. If you've been saved, you'll want to read your Bible. A lot of Christians get saved. They want to read their Bible. They just don't know how to study the Scripture. That's why Paul told Timothy, study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And I'm telling you, we need to incline to the word of God. But not only do we see the Scripture's content, but I want you to see the Scripture's concept. The Bible says in verse 2, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. A concept is something conceived in the mind, the thought, and the notion. As I begin to think about that, if you are happy, his word is upon your mind day and night. Let me tell you something. The devil will come to you and try and steal your thoughts. He'll try and get you to think the wrong way. And the next thing you know, you're a miserable person. And uh, that's just like the Sadducees. They're sad. Did you ever think about that? Sad, you see, uh, because they didn't read the scriptures. I, I hope you like that. But the Bible says, when we think about this, um, if you're happy, his word is upon your mind day and night. The Lord tells Joshua in one eight, that thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. The Bible says in Psalms 119.105, uh, the word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. It directs us. So I'm telling you, we need that concept. 
Let's look at two different people in the Scriptures. Let's look at Eve and Jesus. The devil tempts them both. Eve allows the devil to put doubt in her mind about what God has said. And he will do the same thing to you. He'll tell you that God is not real. I've been a Christian for 43 years. And every now and then I'll be sitting there and the devil will say, I cannot believe that you believe there's a God. I say, oh, I'm sorry, Lord. That's the devil putting that thought in my mind. That's not me. But he will do that. He is real. He comes to you and he'll try and do everything he can to get you to doubt. But I want you to see the difference in even Jesus. Jesus said to the devil three different times. The first time he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then he said a second time, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Then the third time when the devil tempted him, he said, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Yesterday, I was playing golf with two guys, and Eric's the one having a baby, him and Morgan, and uh, his sisters, they're getting married. There was two boyfriends. I can't say that word. I wrote it down, uh, but anyway, I'm going to say two boyfriends. One's getting married, and they caught something when you're getting married, but anyway, we're on hole 18th. We're just about finished, and they looked at me. He said, Paul, do you cuss? And I said, no, I don't. They said, I'm so sorry, we've been cussing like a sailor all day long. November the 18th, 1979, I got saved. Two weeks later, me and Sherry in our house got in an argument, and I cussed. I didn't cuss once, I cussed twice. I felt awful. I went and took a shower. I'll never forget that. I asked the Lord to forgive me. Let me tell you, since that day, for 43 years, I've never cussed since. I'm going to tell you something. We need the Scripture's concept. He can change our minds and our hearts. And I think it's important that we see that. As we begin to look at this, let's look at Luke, uh, the sixth chapter, in verse 43 through 45. I, I, the Bible says, For a good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bringeth forth good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble tree gather they grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and the evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. So when we look, do you delight in the Scripture's content? Do you delight in the Scripture's concept? I'm telling you, if we think the right way, the Lord can change our hearts. And there, let me tell you something, 43 years of being a Christian, God is still working on Paul Finney. I'm telling you, he is. I'll be going through traffic, and somebody will do something, and I'll get ready to say, I can't believe you're, and I'll go, sorry, Lord. And uh, I'll say it three or four times. He's still working on me, and he can work on your life too. The last thing that the Scripture brings out in this test looks Let's look at what the Lord says in Psalms 1-3. I want to talk about our dawning glows. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither or fade, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Uh, prosper. The word dawn means to begin to appear or develop. 
And I'm telling you, I thought about, you know, in my uh, condo on the front, I have some snowball flowers, they call them, I guess. I might be saying that wrong, but they cut them off short at the beginning of the year and those things. And I told Chris last year, I said, my snowball flowers only bloom one time, and I look, and people's will bloom three or four times a year. And he said, Dad, you got to cut them off if they're going to grow. I said, oh, I didn't know that. Then I, I thought about uh, one fall, not last fall, but the fall but after that, I have a patio in the back of my house, and it's made out of bricks. And uh, I got this email from my neighbor, and I looked on the email, and she began to tell me that my back patio didn't look so good. And I said, okay. And then at the end of the email, she got pretty mean. And I thought, oh, okay. I, I didn't like her getting mean, but I thought I better go fix my patio. So I went out the next evening, and I did everything I could, and I cleaned that all up. And I never go back there. Matter of fact, I still haven't been back there. Matter of fact, I probably need to go check my patio and see how it looks so I don't get another email. But that's what happens to us as Christians. I think when we think about that, uh, we need to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Our dawning ought to glow. We ought to glow, as I believe the Scripture teaches. So as we begin to look at this, uh, so you're a tree, where are you planted? The first thing I want to talk about Four things is the Holy Spirit. That's the rivers of water. The Bible says in John, the seventh chapter, verse 37, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. You think about the woman at the well, and the Bible says in John, the fourth chapter, in verse 13, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well water springing up into everlasting life. <coughs> There's a woman by the name of Olivia Lane, and she did this song, Woman at the Well. I love that song, but her testimony is incredible. She was a singer, and she was a good singer. She'd wrote all kinds of songs, and uh, she lost her voice. Matter of fact, probably knowing I preached this morning, I probably shouldn't have sang because I'm about to lose. I've preached so many years, my voice isn't there much anymore. But anyway, she lost her voice. She had a doctor, and she had a therapist, and both of them were Christians. They got her voice, and she couldn't sing for a while. They did some surgery, and her therapist was talking to her, and she finally told her therapist, she said, I've got just exactly where I need to be. And she said, no. And she's talking about spiritually. She said, no, you're missing one thing. And she said, what's that? And she said, Jesus. She began to tell her about Jesus. She didn't believe in Jesus. She was an atheist. She'd go home, and the next couple nights, she just kept thinking about it. And the more she thought about it, the more it bugged her. And you know what she did? She finally surrendered her life to Lord Jesus Christ. And she wrote that song, Woman to Well. And what an incredible song. And now she's wrote another song that became a hit too. And God is using her in a marvelous way. So I'm telling you, we need the Holy Spirit in our life. The second thing that I want you to see is the Holy Season. 
The Bible says in verse 3 that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. I uh, was going by, the Bible says in John 4.35, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already. And uh, I think that we all need a holy season. And what do you mean by that? We need to be sharing Jesus. We need to wait for the Lord to open the door. But uh, I was doing a counseling with a fellow by the name of Jarek Fritz, the owner of our company, his son. And I went by there Friday. And matter of fact, I had to take his check to him. And the vice president said, uh, what time you get off, Paul? I said, 2 o'clock. It's 1. He said, leave now. I was going to leave at 2 o'clock. He said, You've done enough, Paul. You take off now, and you go to his house now. And I said, okay. He wasn't expecting me. Matter of fact, he was going to somebody else's house, and we went through the counseling, and uh, when it was all but on his paper, he had said to me one of the things he put down that he, he was saved. And I asked him, I said, Jerk, are you saved? Well, I'm, I'm not sure. I think so. I said, would would you like for me to talk to you about Jesus? And he said, sure. So I went through the plan of salvation, and I said, are you saved? And he said, I don't know. Well, you can ask Jesus to come to your heart. Would you like to do that? I sure would. I, want, I really want to serve Jesus. He, and I said, well, can you pray, or you want me to lead you in word of prayer? And he said, well, what do I need to pray? And I told him, and he said, okay. And he prayed, tears come. He asked Christ to come into his life. And, and I'm telling you, I, uh, he said, I always wait for something uh, big to happen. And I said, you know, it's not the same for everybody, Jarek. And I quoted to him, I said, let's look at 1 John 5, 13. John said, I write these things unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. I said, I don't feel saved sometimes, but I know the Bible says I am. I sin, and the devil will come and say to me, Ah, you're not saved. You're, I, I, yeah, I've trusted Christ as my Savior. And I know that I have eternal life because I've trusted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. So we need to have a holy season in our life. Not only that, we need to have a holy sensation. The Bible says in verse 3, His leaf shall not wither. The word sensation means a state of consciousness of a kind usually due to physical objects or eternal bodily changes. You know what we're like? I always thought we're like Christmas trees. We ought to be like Christmas trees. You know what happens in the fall? All the leaves, all the trees lose their leaves. But I'm telling you, not a Christmas tree. We can be like a Christmas tree. We're alive. Do you show life during the times of drought in your life? I want you to think about that. Sometimes we get discouraged. Sometimes troubles come our way. You know, when I was preparing this message, I was not going to tell this today. When I was preparing this message, I was going to preach it a different way. And Robert came to my mind. And I thought about you, Robert. I thought about the struggle you're going through. And uh, I, I thought, you know... I was going to talk about a tree and us being prosperous. And a lot of times, we can be going through times just like Robert, and we can still be happy in our life. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. He, that doesn't mean that he's not going through the discouragement. And the Lord just began to speak to me about that. But we need to have 
a sensation when we talk about that we need to have a holy sensation and in other words we need to be alive we need to be alive in our lives the last thing I want to talk about is happiness and seeing happiness is seen and whatsoever he does shall prosper I'm going to close with this story and uh, I got a phone call this week from a fellow by the name of Justin Clemens I won't go through his whole testimony but he has one of the most incredible testimonies I've ever heard in my life. I probably told it here. Maybe I haven't told it here. But Justin came and preached for me one time when I pastored. And uh, I, I told him, I said, son, you need to get somewhere and preach. The Lord blessed you to preach this word. You need to get somewhere and preach. But uh, he had started this insurance company. And he lives in Martinsville. He's actually from Mooresville or over in that area. Um, his family, his, his dad and grandpa were from right there in Greenwood in Center Grove. But anyway, he's been married a girl from Mooresville, and they've been moved down to Martinsville, and he started this insurance company. And they were going to sell it out to Brotherhood Mutual. And in the midst of selling it out to Brotherhood Mutual, he was going to get millions and millions of dollars. I don't know if that happened, but I'm pretty sure it did happen because I've seen he was off of work. What happened when they bought that company out, they let him go. A lot of times when companies do that, what they'll do is they'll keep that CEO for a period of time to help that company go on. They got rid of him Im immediately. He didn't think anything about it, but he said about six months later, Paul, they called me and said, we'd like for you to come back to work for us. What had happened is they began to struggle. They thought he was good enough to start the company and get it going, but they did not think he was good enough to. Let me tell you something about Justin Clements. He's a guy that the Lord has prospered. Did you ever see that before? Any somebody, somebody just goes to do something and the Lord just blesses them. I'm telling you, God has his hand upon their life, and God wants to have his hand upon your life. So we need to be trees that are planted by the rivers of living water and i think it's important that we do that and i, I whatsoever he doeth shall prosper are we dawning glowing are we glowing for jesus christ i'm going to ask that they come and get a song of invitation today and as they do that i, I want you to think the recipe for happiness is we need to depart from the things of this world and then we need to delight in the Word of God. It ought to be our treasure. Well, you know, when we get up in the morning, we can't wait to read. If we just read one scripture, we ought to be tickled about the Word of God. And we need to meditate it upon a day and night. I'm telling you, when I'm driving, whenever I do, the Word of God, I've memorized so much scriptures all the time come to me, and it brings so much joy. Even when the Lord convicts my heart and says, Paul Finney, what are you doing? And I say, yeah, you're right, Lord, I'm sorry. But I'm going to tell you something. I, I want to be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. I, I want to see fruit. I want to see people saved. I, I want to be the type of tree that when drought comes in my life, I can still see the, the leaves are still green. And when I prosper, doesn't matter what I do. It's like uh, about a month and a half ago, a family came and they had three kids.
and we just went out there to Children's Church. I wasn't prepared that day, but I had preached. I went out there, and the Lord really moved. God wants to prosper us, not just in our families and in our jobs, but in our ministries today. I don't know your heart, but if God speaks to you today, once you come to this altar and talk to him and say, Lord, I want you to use me. I want to be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. I struggle. Maybe you're struggling in your Christian life. Maybe you're not. But if God speaks to you today, I want you to come. Let's all stand as they sing.